children to be dismissed to children's worship. Uh, as they go, they've experienced a lot already with us this morning. Let's look at them and pray for them. Pray that they'll have a great time of worshiping the Lord together as we separate for a little while from the children. But pray for them as they go. A great reminder that Jesus loves the little children and so do all the rest of us. And let's join together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of children. Thank you that they could be with us, celebrate, or at least observe communion with us. And thank you for your word that age-appropriate will be shared with the children even now and age-appropriate with us who are here. Help us to be able to glean exactly what it is you want from us and for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing our study in Titus, short book in the New Testament. We're at Titus chapter 2, and I'll be reading from verses 3 to 5. Teaching older women sound doctrine. And some of you are sitting there saying, I'm not an older woman. This isn't for me. Um, And believe me, this is for everyone. Uh, This is part of our body life, but the instructions given to the older women are instructions that really are for all of us because it has to do with character, and you'll see as we we read these scriptures. So Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled or maligned, as some of the translations will say. Already we've seen in the first verse of Titus chapter 2, and if you glance at that again, you'll see we've seen the Apostle Paul instructed Titus to teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. And that word sound is a word that recurs in the book of Titus. Sound is actually from the Greek word hugiaimo, which means healthy. It's from which we get our word hygiene. It means to have sound health, not physically in this context, but doctrinally or theologically. We're supposed to be healthy in what we believe. And that's what was tasked to Titus. Verse 1, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Make sure that people are getting what is exactly right. Now, during the last few years, I've needed more work than I did earlier in my life in order to handle some of the physical challenges that come when people start to age. And I've started. I've just gotten started aging. But I understand that I've had a double knee replacement, two kidney stones, foot surgery, several small procedures to remove suspicious skin anomalies from an eyelid, a shin, a head, an arm, and I could go on and on and on, but you don't need this kind of an organ recital. So um, we'll get another kind another time, but not this one. And some of you have had a whole lot more happening physically to you during that time than I have. And I see some of you here to my left who have undergone a number of things, and it's we're, we're so glad to see you 
uh, we've got a couple over here in the transept. I won't embarrass them by telling you their names, but we've been praying for them for a long time. Um, Maureen and Isabel, but that's only half, that's only half their names. Uh, a lot of things that have been going on physically with regard to them. We've got to keep after our bodies uh, if we want to stay in physical health. And I'm sure that many of you know what I mean when I say that sometimes you need help in order to get the help you need physically. You need encouragement for that to happen. Could be a spouse, could be a friend, but somebody who's saying to you, you know, you need to see the doctor about that, or you need to get that taken care of. You can't keep on going in that particular way. And spiritually, that's what Paul was repeatedly telling Titus in this letter. People, the people that you know and love, need to stay spiritually healthy. People need to be well taught. They need to be discipled. They need to be guided. And that's why we see in Titus chapter 1, verse 9, to the overseer, the elder, the pastor, He's to hold firm to the trustworthy word is taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to be able to rebuke those who contradict it. So sound doctrine is something very important. Titus chapter 1 verse 13. This testimony is true, the apostle Paul says, therefore rebuke them. The them is referring to people described in verses 10 through 12 who were opposed to the gospel. Rebuke them that they may be sound in the faith. Again, that word healthy or sound is there. Sound doctrine, sound in the faith. Titus chapter 2, verse 1, once again, it says, But as for you, Titus, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The second verse, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness. And later on in Titus chapter 2, verse 8, Titus is told that he's supposed to be a model. He's supposed to be a model of sound speech so that the younger men know how to talk, know how to converse, know the words that should come out of their mouths and the words that should not come out of their mouths. And so as we're looking at some of the subjects that follow the instruction to Titus in chapter 2, verse 1, that he is supposed to be teaching sound doctrine, that sound doctrine comes out as addressed to a number of different kinds of people. Older men in verse 2. Older women who are in turn to teach younger women. That's what we're looking at this morning, verses 3 to 5. Young men are singled out in verses 6 to 8. Slaves in verses 9 and 10. Everyone in verses 11 through 14. And then a summary in verse 15. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. And so the job of our search committees, and I hope you're praying for our search committees, their job is to find people who can help the body to be healthy spiritually. That's what Titus' job was. That's why he was reminded by the Apostle Paul over and over and over again. You're to teach things that are healthy so that other people are healthy and they in turn can affect the rest of the body. You can see in verse 2, the older men were singled out for some healthy teaching. And then in verse 3 that we read a moment ago, the word likewise tells us that what is good for the gander is also good for the goose. If it's good for the older men, it's good for the older women as well. 
So the older women in view, do you think I should try to live dangerously and try to define the age at which someone becomes an older woman? You don't think I should live dangerously and try to do that? Thank you. Some of you have my welfare in mind. I, I appreciate that. I will not live dangerously. But I'd like to ask you to be the judge, whether it's older men, older women. You be the judge because here are some signs of getting old. And you can tell whether or not these apply to you. Signs of getting old. Everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> Another sign of getting old. Your little black book contains only names that end in M.D., or your children begin to look middle-aged. You sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. That's a sign of old age. Sign of old age, your knees buckle and your belt won't. Another sign of old age, the little old gray-haired lady you helped across the street is your wife. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. <laughs> Another sign of old age, you get your exercise acting as a pallbearer for your friends who exercise. You quit trying to hold your stomach in no matter who walks into the room. That's a sign of old age. Lastly, when you bend down to tie your shoe and you think, what else can I do while I'm down here? That's a sign, that's a sign of old age. So whether this applies to you or not, you can see. Some of the commentators try to determine when is old age arrived? And they have formulas that they do that. They establish the usual age that childbearing ceases, then the subsequent age when child rearing normally ends, and they come up with a magic number of 60 years of age. I don't believe that that's the age, and I don't believe that's the intent that is here at all. An older woman is a relative expression. I believe it simply means a woman who is further ahead in life experience and a walk with the Lord than the younger women that she's mentoring or teaching or being an example to. It has nothing to do with chronology. It has everything to do with being older in her walk with the Lord. We've had ministries in our church. We've had heart-to-heart, and now we have side-by-side. It pairs up, in many cases, older women with younger women. But some women can be, at the same time, older women and younger women. They can be mentored and they can be mentoring. It doesn't have to do with any magic ages. There are four areas that are here that older women are to be taught that are prerequisites for them so they can teach the younger women. You'll notice if you look down at the beginning of verse 4, the word and appears. It's also translated then in some of the other translations. Once you've gotten through these four prerequisites, then you can help others. So let's take a look at those four prerequisites. This is where the older women should be arriving, and again, it has nothing to do with chronology. Those whose walk with the Lord is where it should be. These prerequisites are met, and they are then able to share some of the virtues that they've experienced along the way. The first prerequisite, the older women are to be reverent, it says, in their behavior. Their behavior is to be such that God is honored in their very lives. Their demeanor, their deportment, their bearing, their lives should reflect a reverence and a fear for the Lord. I love the way the King James says this. It's a little hard to understand. That they be in behavior that which becometh holiness. For some reason, that's always stuck with me. It's a little bit hard to understand, but uh, it's holiness that is reflected in the life of an older woman. 
The New International Version says reverent in the way they live. First prerequisite, an older woman is somebody who is reverent. Second, not to be a slanderer. They're not to be slanderers. That word is translated from the Greek word diabolos. We get our word diabolical from it. It actually is used 34 times in the New Testament to describe Satan. It's translated as a false accuser, a malicious gossip. For some reason, the sin of slander and accusing and criticizing others is something that older women are singled out in this context to say, that's not to be you. Is it because they're more prone to do that? I don't think so. I think it's because they've mastered everything else, and that's the only thing left that they can be told. How's that for being politically correct and tactful? Uh, But for some reason, the ladies are singled out in this particular instance for that. Again, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11, this time it's deacons' wives, and specifically, they're told... The wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. So the, the most important point, I believe, to stress here is not who is more prone to sins of the tongue. The most significant thing is that since it's wrong, all of us should be reminded that slandering anyone else is something that is wrong. It's healthy teaching that tells us to get rid of this slandering. Remember back in chapter 2, verse 8, when Titus was told to be a model in sound speech. All of us should be modeling that, but particularly the older women are helping the younger women to not be slanderers, to not be gossips, to not be those who are critical of other people. Third prerequisite, older women are not to be slaves to much wine. And I'm not going to get into that. We did a, a long session on... Uh, the abuse of alcohol on October 16th in the morning message. If you want to get a hold of that and see that, you're welcome to do that. But not slaves to much wine. The older women have that as a prerequisite. They have their life in order. They're not controlled by alcohol, and they are therefore able to help the younger women. Fourth prerequisite, the older women are to be teachers of what is good. That is teaching that is right. They're not to be those who are teaching just what happens to be popular at any given time. They're not to be those who teach what is suspect, that which is probably true. They're to be teaching what is true, what is right, what is good, and certainly not anything that would be blatantly wrong. There's a long Greek word that is used here. It refers to instruction that is noble, excellent, and lofty. It is the teaching of what is holy and godly. So older women, likewise, in addition to older men, so this is a reminder to older men as well, they're to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. Now, having done that, having achieved that, accomplished that, grown into that, then there are seven virtues to be taught the younger women. And they're in verses 4 and 5. I, I remind you again the word and or then as it's translated by other translations at the beginning of verse 4 shows why I use the word prerequisites. But having done that, we're recognizing chronology again is not the key. Godly maturity is. So we've got a group of godly, mature, older women 
who are to be the teachers of those who are coming along after them. The training of the younger women was not the duty, you may notice, of Titus. He was not given the duty to teach and to train the younger women. We're taught in the Scriptures, make no provision for the flesh. Don't set yourself up in a situation where it's going to cause temptation to be even more prone than it might have been otherwise. So we don't ask a young pastor like Titus to be discipling in close quarters and close relationships with ladies. Uh, That's something for the ladies to be doing with each other. And that just makes good sense. The older women have to be able to teach by example as well as by word. They need to be experienced in the seven virtues that are to pass on to the younger women because older women, you're the experts. You're the ones that we look up to. Not just the younger women, that's all of us. We're looking up to the older women in our church. You understand the importance of godly living. You've got something to pass on. You've got something to impart. And please don't ever consider the fact, well, I'm an older woman. I don't have anything to offer. You are a tremendously vital and valuable resource. In fact, you're worth your weight in gold. You are absolutely a functioning member of the body of Christ at Alden Union Church. Every one of us owes you a great debt of gratitude, and we owe you our respect, and we owe you a hearing... We want to listen to what you say, and we want to observe what you live. You can teach the younger women to be husband lovers and children lovers, the first two of these seven virtues, philandros and philotechnus in the Greek language. You you see that word uh, philia philia from, from love. I often ask couples in premarital counseling a question, does the Bible command that a wife loves her husband? And I'll ask, does the Bible command a husband to love his wife? And everybody says, yes, absolutely. Um, Three times specifically, husbands love your wives. Is there a specific command for the wife to love her husband? No. The closest we come is right here where the older women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands. And that's something that's very significant, something that God wants. But God wants the husbands to be lovers and the leaders in love. There's an analogy made between Christ and the church. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And if the husbands are doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they're loving their wives the way Christ loved and gave himself for the church, nobody's going to have to twist the arm of the wife to loving back again. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But the older women can give tips along the way, can give helps. How can you know, how can your husband know that he's loved by you? An old man was lying on his deathbed. He had only hours to live, and he suddenly smelled chocolate chip cookies baking downstairs. He loved chocolate chip cookies more than anything in the world. With his last bit of energy, he pulled himself out of bed, struggled down the floor, or across the floor, down the stairs, headed down the stairs into the kitchen. There his wife was baking those aromatic cookies. As he reached for one, he felt a slap across the back of his hand. His wife scolded, leave those alone, they're for the funeral. (laughs) Our older women would not teach our younger women to love their husbands like that. Our older women 
know what God teaches with regard to that. Older women can also teach younger women to love their children. They know that love can be tested. They know how it can be demonstrated, how it can be fanned. They're experts. They've learned some things along the way. They can give countless tips. The older women may teach what tough love is about. They may teach discipline, how to discipline children, and and give a few tips with regard to that. I know that um, we've learned some tips, my wife and I growing up in child-rearing. One of the things was that we had a um, little paddle. It's a jacari paddle. Some people use that and hit a ball with it. We used to occasionally, when it was warranted, hit something else with that. And you can, uh, you can imagine, you can be in the, in the store and your kids are misbehaving and you've, you've seen parents yelling at them and screaming at them and telling them what they're going to do to them and people are saying, wow, that's abusive, that's awful. Here's a little tip. Just say to the kid, when we get home, you want to play a little jacari? Um, just, just a tip. And, and they understand and it doesn't create a scene or anything. Older women are to train younger women to be self-controlled. And we see the call to self-control all over the book of Titus. A quick review, the elders are to be self-controlled. Older men are to be self-controlled. Older women are to be self-controlled so that they can teach the younger women to be self-controlled. Young men are to be self-controlled. All of us are to be self-controlled. You may recall when we were studying this earlier, my definition or a word picture really of self-control is this. It's being able to put the brakes on or to shift to a lower gear when our selfish desires, our appetites are stepping on the gas pedal. That's self-control. Some parts are saying, go for it, go for it. And wisdom is saying, don't. That's where self-control comes in. But uh, recognizing that sometimes we need to even just turn off the ignition and recognize that God oftentimes knows we're low on brake fluid But all of us need to be self-controlled, and that really means to be spirit-controlled. None of us should be impulsively giving in to our passions, our lusts, our strong desires, our covetousness. Older women can teach younger women a lot about self-control in so many areas of life. They've been there. They've seen what a lack of self-control produces in one's life and in the life of one's family. A lack of self-control, maybe in the area of eating and drinking, And the older women will teach the younger women to avoid that. Maybe in an area of buying or maybe over-buying. Maybe in the area of television or addictive behavior where we, we... Recreational kinds of things, not just television. In the area of procrastination. And if you're not able to see the screen, the top 10 reasons I procrastinate are listed there. Number one... And I didn't exactly get to that one and didn't get to the rest of them just yet. The internet, the social media, sports, addictive behavior of any kind, the older women are there to say, do you know what? I have observed this. Maybe even I live some of this. Don't go there. That's why it's so great to have older women in Bible studies and small groups, to have older women as a part of the body and not to isolate themselves. And that's why it's a great idea for younger women Maybe sometimes you've got to go out of your way to be where the older women are. Maybe you need to visit where they are, some of them being in a a residential home or something along that line, some of them in in an assisted living situation. Younger women are taught to be pure, and I'm just going to kind of highlight as we go through here. 
pure from a lot of things, but including fleshly temptations. We often pick on the men, and rightly so, but we can't exclude women from an emphasis on purity in all areas of life. Women need to build hedges around their marriages just as well as men need to, to protect those marriages from those who would be that temptation. Older women are to teach the younger women to be busy at home. There is a God-given priority to the home. Don't allow our younger women to swallow the lies of our present society that degrade mothers who want their homes to be their first area of priority. The word here means to be a watcher, means to be a guard. It's the one who is the keeper of a house, not the housekeeper, but the keeper of the house, the one who keeps watch and takes care of the household affairs. Is that saying that mothers shouldn't be working outside the home? No, it's not saying that, but it's saying that the priority has to be met first. That priority is there, and that is a responsibility. The older women can help the younger women. Maybe how to balance things, how to juggle things, how to be able to be a a wife and a mother at the same time. Uh, The older women have a huge responsibility. Younger women need to be trained to be kind. They need to be trained to be kind. Have you heard that expression, the random acts of kindness? Doesn't that sound like a great thing, random acts of kindness? But you know what? shouldn't be random acts of kindness. It should be normal and not acts, but routine. The normal routine to be kind. We live in such a a mean world. So many mean-spirited people. But we've got older women fighting against that because they're helping the younger women to understand how important it is to be kind. And then finally, they need to be trained to be subject to their husbands. That word that many in our society don't like today, the word submit, but it's there. It's in Colossians. It's in Ephesians. It's here before us. The word to submit to a husband, and we're not going to take any time to go into that, but older women can help the younger women understand what that means. We're not talking doormat here. We're talking in terms of somebody who is responding, hopefully, to one who loves her as Christ loved and gave himself for the church. And if not, the scriptures teach how to handle that as well. So for all of these virtues, older women teaching younger women, there's a reason for all of this, and it tells us so that no one will malign the word of God. In fact, if you were to look at verses 8 through 10, verse 10 ends by saying, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. That's in the context of bond servants, but relating to the whole context of what is here, so that God's word is not maligned by the, the way we live. So please keep this in mind, closing thought. The way we live as professing Christians enhances or discredits God's word. The choice is up to us. Let's thank the Lord that we've got some older women who are helping the younger women make choices that affect all of us as we observe so that we can enhance God's word rather than discredit his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for our older women who are here. Thank you for the older men who've already been addressed. Thank you for the younger men and women. Thank you for the family, for the body. Thank you that we have each other, that we've never been meant to be isolated from each other. 
what a huge help and influence we can be. Uh, Thank you for the models that we have. And thank you for those who are living out your word so that the rest of us can observe and draw closer to that as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.